Welcome to the Revenue Engine Podcast. I'm your host, Rosalind Santa Elena, and I am thrilled to bring you the most inspirational stories from revenue generators, innovators, and disruptors, revenue leaders in sales, in marketing, and of course, in operations. Together, we will unpack everything that optimizes and powers the revenue engine. Powered by the Sales IQ Network. Are you ready? Let's get to it. What if you could take your best performing sales executive and clone him or her? Or at least understand the behaviors and the attributes of that person that help them to be more successful than their peers? What are they doing differently from the rest of the team? And then start to dive into the strengths and weaknesses across your team to help elevate each individual and ultimately the entire team. Today's podcast is sponsored by Outreach.io. Outreach is the first and only engagement and intelligence platform built by revenue innovators for revenue innovators. Outreach allows you to commit to accurate sales forecasting, replace manual processes with real-time guidance, and unlock actionable customer intelligence that guides you and your team to win more often. Traditional tools don't work in a hybrid sales world. Find out why Outreach is the right solution at click.outreach.io slash RevEngine. Well, in this episode of the Revenue Engine podcast, Yogi Punjabi, the co-founder at PeopleLens, shares why putting your sales team at the center of your revenue engine can help drive better top-line growth, accelerate revenue, and help up-level your sales organization. So please take a listen and learn how to make sales more human and so much more. So excited to be here today with Yogi Punjabi, the co-founder of PeopleLens. For those of you who are not familiar, PeopleLens is an AI-driven platform helping sales be more human and more intelligent with the goal of being more productive and accelerating top line. So welcome, Yogi, and thank you for joining me. I am looking forward to learning more about your career journey and what you're building. Hi, Rosalind. Delighted to be in this conversation with a with a RevOps expert, and, and <laughs> congratulations you. on your new journey <laughs> and your entrepreneurial journey. So delighted to be chatting with an entrepreneur too. <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you. I appreciate that. So let's just jump into it. I mean, you've had just an incredible background. I saw you were at McKinsey for eight years. You were in leadership roles in business transformation, marketing, and insights at eBay and at HP, as well as I saw you were a CIO as well at multiple companies. So maybe before we dive into what you're building now, can you share more about your backstory and your career journey? Sure. It, it's been much of a, a trail. So I went to bring in, in business school and you know never took to, to coding, found myself at, at McKinsey where I was fortunate to have mentors and colleagues who, who helped me learn much of what I know today. And, you know, from that world of, of strategy, I got lost inside the enterprise, bouncing around a few functions, starting in the world of sales and then marketing and then product. And from there to the world of, of people and, and I, you know, I've always believed good things happen at, at intersections. So you know, we, we truly to serve our stakeholders when, when functions come together. So I enjoyed living at that 
intersection of, of people and ID, leveraging IT to truly serve the employee. Most things, you know, employee experience, employee apps, employee tech, data sets. And so in each of these outings, I had to tap into my my outsider advantage and learn from world-class teams in every function to see the business and the data sets through that enterprise lens. And, and over the last two decades, I've been fortunate to live in pretty much every function across that enterprise, as well as the the CIO role twice. That's awesome. It's awesome. I was just, when, you know, preparing for this podcast, I was just looking at your background. It's just incredible, all the things that you've done and where it's led you. You know, many times when I interview founders here, especially on the podcast, I learned that the idea for a company started with identifying some kind of problem or there was some type of challenge that they were faced with. When you and your co-founder decided to start PeopleLens, was this the case? Like, was there a specific challenge that maybe you set out to solve? Yeah. So I got to I got to Palo Alto Networks in, in 2019, you know, pre-COVID, had been there for a few months, leading up basically the, the people technology and analytics teams you know, focused on employee systems and employee experience across functions. You know, our new CEO had, had just started as well. He had built out his exec team, brought in a bunch of great folks and uh, the board. And he knew pretty much that we wanted to broaden our footprint from this firewall centric appliance play to become a, a cloud centric cybersecurity leader that we that we are today. And so, you know, off we went on the acquisition trail, acquiring, you know, two product companies about a a quarter, and we did that for five or six quarters, bringing in engineering and product teams into the business while while leaning on our homegrown reps for our go-to-market engine. And uh, you know, our product portfolio evolved from a firewall-centric play to the world of analytics and AI, and then IoT. And we made all of this technology cloud-centric. You know, working our way towards becoming a truly SaaS company, and this this grand vision began to pay off. But then we really missed. Our numbers, two quarters in a row, the stock went the the opposite direction, and there were a bunch of questions being asked of the leadership. You know, like every good leader, we tried a few things. You know, more more customer insights, more sales ops, more strategy consultants. Everyone sort of scratching their heads. Nothing seemed to 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 go right at that point. And so, what did we do? We then, you know, shifted focus and we put the spotlight inward. You know, on our sales teams, on our people, on our reps. And we looked at the key competencies, the attributes of individual reps, whether it's consultative skills, sales techniques, network, and we helped each rep, one rep at a time, you know, make that transformation from the world of a box seller to the world of a SaaS seller. For Mike, for example, you know, it was consultative skills, it was product knowledge, it was it was mindset. We helped him make progress on these fronts, and we saw him transform from you know selling 50k boxes to to seven-figure SaaS deals. And you know, that's when we saw the top line really began to to reaccelerate you know and our mission became clear to make every rep better and in addressing that pain you know people lens was was born and so so grateful to Palo Alto networks for initiating this journey in in many ways and you know we were then blessed to assemble a team of machine learning wizards and and go to market advisors and and get to work and you know my co-founder is a is a 10 year amazon data scientist uh, you know he's improved operational outcomes across a million plus employees in in that world of Amazon with a focus on people science. And, you know, one of our advisors is is Rhonda Larson, a stellar sales ops exec from the world of Snowflake and, and LinkedIn. That's awesome. That's awesome. I love that. You know, on your website, this actually comes right into play because you talk about making sales more human. Right. And I love this because sales is about, sure, it's about selling a product or a service, but you are selling to a human. And we all know how people buy from other people. 
So maybe can you talk a little bit more about this and share what the thought or vision is behind this goal? Yeah, great, great, great point. So, you know, from our observation would be would be looked at as we as we zoomed out a little bit over the last two decades, you know, we've learned from icons such as Bezos and, and, and Benioff. And, you know, it's been really about customer delight in the in the B2C world and, and customer 360 in the in the B2B world. And you know, while the CRM has become centerpiece in, in sales, the lens is is solely on the on the customer. What we observed is that you know the rep is is left out of the equation in many ways and is sitting on the sidelines. And you know they spend give or take you know eight to twelve hours a week, you know on their fifteen plus tabs in their CRM, serving their manager with with data and with with reports. And we really wanted to just flip that. You know we wanted to serve the reps and their managers with insights and execution plays. And we wanted to do that with their own lens. So, you know, if we truly apply first principles thinking in the world of sales, we have a buyer on one end and the, the seller on the other end and the product at the center. Yet, you know, today, almost all the energy, the data sets that are that are existing are built around the, the buyer or the customer. You know, the rep is is that underserved audience in many ways. You know, they're seen in, in many places as this quota carrying entity and the rep's current toolkit offers them limited insights on their own personal journey. They're living with those fragmented experiences. And, you know, we are really trying to reframe that sales conversation, putting the sales team at the center, helping them with that manager 360 or with that rep 360 and serving them with exactly what they need as they serve customers. And so we grow our top line by focusing on your front line. I love that. I love that. You know, similarly, you know, what are you seeing organizations maybe doing right and maybe doing wrong when it comes to incorporating this human aspect into their go-to-market motions? Yeah, yeah. I think, again, these are, these are great questions. So I think the organizations <laughs> in general are doing a, a lot right by wearing that, that customer lens. You know, but on the other hand, as we look at it, we believe most companies and tools have this narrow focus on the customer data sets. And you know, for them, that rep is a is a customer-facing quota carrying entity. And we are really, really just, you know, zooming out. We're widening that aperture and including the org and people data sets to augment the rich customer focus and the customer data sets that are already in play. And so if we, you know, consider a, a sports analogy, there are, you know, a million data points to measure perhaps Steph Curry's every move, you know, in the arena or or at the Chase Center, but none to focus on his own overall match prep, basically the other 90% of his life. And so we believe that, you know, for a sales rep, being prepared isn't half the battle, it is the battle. And yet today, almost all of the solutions put the spotlight, you know, solely on the arena, i.e. The, the customers and, you know, not so much on that match prep or the the reps insights. And so for us, it's it's what you do in the dark that puts you in the light or it's, you know, our customers have said it perhaps better is if you have a sales talk that cares about its people, you know, people lens is perhaps a, a great fit. I love that. Oh, my husband's going to love the Steph Curry reference. He's such a fan. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's pretty popular, you know, in, in our household as well as I chat with my with my kids and I'm trying to explain to them what I do. That's that's my attempt at it. Yeah, yeah. We're big Warriors fans for sure, being here, growing up here in the Bay Area. So definitely. Well, so let's talk about ops, right? I mean, as a go-to-market revenue operations, I'm always looking for ways to, you know, help that help the go-to-market team be more co- connected and be more efficient. You know, I think one of the key areas of enabling the team is 
you know, being able to understand what behaviors or actions yield the best outcomes. You know, ideally, we want to clone our best performers. So from your perspective, you know, how should organizations be thinking about this? Like, what should they be doing to better understand the behaviors that they want to replicate or to do more of? Love, love that question. I, and I think there were so many deep insights the way you just narrated that, Rosalind. Completely echo that. So, you know, today, most sales organizations and, and vendors have that customer-centric focus, rightfully so. But the, the data sets as well are, are limited to, to the customer-centric data sets. And, and they miss that rep's growth that you just spoke about, their performance, you know, and all their associated data sets. For most part, what we observed was that these data sets sit outside of the world of sales. And so we bring that holistic lens and the data sets to every manager and every rep and, you know, believe that the market we are serving is this white space. You know, on one end of the spectrum, we have the, the CRM and the sales analytics and the sales intelligence folks. And on the other hand, you have the HCM or the HRIS, so the, the people systems and the people analytics vendors. And there is this massive, massive unaddressed opportunity at the center, which is where we are focused. Got it. Got it. Um are there maybe specific insights or metrics that you think everyone should be tracking to provide some of those details into what's working and maybe what's not? Yeah, what, what we learned, again, this is really pointed area. So what we learned, you know, at, at a bunch of places and, and a few customers that we've been at is it's really important to capture every attribute, competency and activity of a sales manager and a rep and to really tie that to sales outcomes and that of the enterprise so for some folks, it's consultative skills. For others, it's product knowledge. For others, still, it could be their time allocation or their, their mentors that they have had on their journey. And for others, it is really around their, their pipeline discipline. So our insights go well beyond the world of training and, and coaching, and it puts the focus on that person inside the salesperson. Got it. Got it. So we all talk about you know, insights and dashboards, right, all the time. And we know we need to get better data, better insights and more reporting. But the real question is always, you know, what do we do with those data points? You know, how do we make them actionable and how do we leverage them to help improve productivity and ultimately drive more? So how does People Lens, I guess, help analyze and dissect, you know, those right data points and provide recommendations to really help move the needle? Yeah, great point. So so today, you know, sales leaders are, are sent standardized organizational dashboards you know, they use their favorite BI tool and it's sent to their, their corner office. What we're really doing is, you know, bringing our machine learning models to bear, analyzing the drivers, you know, surfacing really what matters for every manager and for every rep and, and contextualizing it for their goals, you know, their OKRs. And that translates, you know, to a nudge or an action, you know, on their phones or on their calendars or in their workflow, making execution and that actionable feedback loop really, really Seamless. You know, essentially, we're delivering a, a Netflix-like experience to your favorite device, as we think of it. So in this way, you know, we're really able to guide behaviors and we're able to connect it to outcomes that, that matter, creating this, this actionable feedback loop. So we really help the reps up their game, the managers, you know, up their, their coaching elements with those precise insights. And we do it with, you know, zero incremental admin, which, which is really, really important for, for every rep out there listening, as well as for, you know, making sure that there is limited to no overhead for their for their managers. And so the impact is really, again, in the eyes of the, the customer, you know, one of our, our customers had this to say, and I will, I will quote, you know, 
we were able to really identify missing competencies in each of their underperforming reps that they perhaps would never have seen using their call summaries. You know, at best, mm-hmm. they would have been written out in their reps performance review six months out. And, and PeopleLens was able to surface those competencies and other insights, you know, at least two quarters in advance and to accelerate top line then by helping those managers and those reps, you know, coach with the, with the manager's guidance precisely with what they needed in, in real time. I love that. You know, I think about, you touched on coaching and such a little bit, and I think, you know, enablement, right? Enablement of the team is so key to be able to leverage the power of those insights and learnings. And we've seen this rise of enablement, right, across the industry. Where do you see people enablement and training and empowerment headed? And any predictions for the market? Yeah, again, such a, such an pertinent question and and I again love the way you you framed it because it's really really about about people enablement as you as you put it there so that's really it you know enablement is is headed to to empowerment it's it's going back to the you know basketball analogy for a moment you know you can't really tell Steph Curry you've got to be at a shooting practice it's it's much much more than that right it's truly about his 360 it's about his whole self and you know that's exactly how we really think about empowerment and how we view seller at people lens. I love that. I love that. Are there things that maybe revenue leaders should be doing today to you know drive better enablement? Like, do you have any tips or advice for them? Yeah. Again, there there are many 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 great enablement leaders. I, I continue to to learn from from so many of them. And I think you know the forward thinking sales and enablement leaders really think of this as as empowerment again and they they really truly open the champagne not, you know not when they see assessment and and certifications grow but do so truly when they see that they're helping move the top line they go that extra mile to convert their managers to coaches to convert their reps just to be the best versions of themselves you know and for a revenue enablement leader it's it's really really simple it is to to wear that people lens no pun intended and, you know, jokes aside, but it's to put their people first. I love that. You know, as I think about the revenue engine and about this podcast, I'm always hoping others will be able to learn how to accelerate revenue growth, right? And really power the revenue engine. So maybe from your perspective, you know, what are the top maybe two or three things that you think all revenue leaders should be really thinking about today to drive revenue growth? Yeah. Another great question. And as I you know, recap and, and listen to your past podcast. This is this is my favorite question. I've just learned so much <laughs> in, in the prior episodes, learning to to your guests and everything that, that sort of comes through their top three. And so for me, you know, it's uh, what I observe great revenue leaders is, is three things. You know, one is just wearing the, the people lens, you know, focusing on your teams, you know, helping your bees grow instead of letting them go. That's number one for, for us. Number two is, is really bringing science into your your day-to-day you know not just with with fancy dashboards but with real drivers and with actionable feedback loops personalized for every customer facing colleague and and then number 3 is you know partnering with the breadth of execs uh, around the table at the end of the day you know we are solving an enterprise problem we're not just solving a a functional problem. So it's really important to partner with, you know, marketing leaders, with people leaders, with finance, with IT, you know, uh, that's how really teams are connected and, and solving for those outcomes as a, as a enterprise with an enterprise lens. That's great advice. Thank you. (laughs) 
Thank you. You know, as a first time founder, you know, although you're still relatively early, I think in your journey, are there things that you wish you might have, you know, done differently or maybe that you knew earlier, you know, knowing what you know now? Yeah. So this is this is a, a fun journey. You know, you you only don't do it if, if you're having fun. It's clearly the toughest journey I've, I've been on, but but without doubt, it's, it's the most fun. So, you know, one thing we learned in our prior roles, you know, as advisors or investors, it's it's being deliberate about our our culture. So we are founders with a with a lens on character, chemistry, and competency. And you know, we are really excited about culture and people. So excited that we that we put it in our name. And we, you know, refer to our values as as our lens. So our team is guided in our journey with with our lens by our collective principles to really serve sales teams with that, with that deep-rooted empathy. And so you know, one of the the elements that that I'm learning and and you know still really really continue to do is while we got into this journey, you know, fail fast was a was a pretty recognized mantra, you know, pretty conventional founder mantra. And for me personally, it's a little counter in my startup journey. You know, I'm observing my conviction is tested, and my patience is is truly rewarded. Yeah, oh, I love that. <laughs> That's a great saying. I'm going to have to go back and write this, that one down. So as we wrap up and before I let you go, you know, I always ask two things. One, what is the thing about you that others would be surprised to learn? And two, what is the one thing that you really want everyone to know about you? Yeah. So again, these are, these are so, so fun questions. So as I think about this, you know, the, the surprising element. So my wife and I, we have, you know, two teenagers, we do the regular stuff. On the weekend, we do the chores, we, <laughs> we hang outdoors, all, all the regular stuff. But, you know, I like to spend my Sunday afternoons with a bunch of fifth graders. Oh. <laughs> and I watched a little bit of the show, you know, Are You Smarter Than the Fifth Graders? And every Sunday, you know, I remind it, I'm really, really reminded I am I am not. And so I go with each, you know, I've been a, I've been a humble learner, let's say, uh, since I left school. But I'm beginning to become that that humble teacher in the company of these super talented fifth graders. That's awesome. That's awesome. What about one thing that you really want everyone to know about you? Yeah. So my journey has been that trail we were we were chatting about, and so for me it is you know where you stumble, there your treasure lies. So I've been guided in my journey by my failures over time. I have learned that these are my true defining moments, my lessons, and my learnings, and perhaps. You know, I ignored them in the in the classroom, and they've been taught to me in the meeting rooms and and virtual rooms. So it's been a it's been a fun ride, and there have been lots and lots of treasures along the journey. Oh, I love that. I love that. That's great. Well, thank you so much, Yogi, for being on the podcast. I really appreciate just your insights and learning more about you and about what you're building and obviously love the people aspect of everything that you've shared. So thank you so much. Thank you, Rosalind. This has been tremendous fun and, and doing this with an expert, you. you made it really easy. Thank you so much. 